All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Manaverse Podcast. I am your host, Tom Traplin, and this is session number 85. everybody welcome to another episode of the maniverse podcast i'm your host tom traplin and i have with me my friend and co-host john copiello back for another episode how's it going john it's going it's hanging we're hanging <laughs> we're all fine we're here. getting through this yep. the date of this recording is march 31st in the midst of the coronavirus craze so how are you doing uh, let's start there let's you know, what's going on with you and your world and how are you uh, dealing with me, this? Whole me, me personally? Yeah, you personally. Uh, you what's know, not, your life not like? too bad. I, I tend to do best in stress situations. So I just mm. focus on the mission. Um, Is that the you military know, training? Yeah, I think so. I think when there's like an, an overall kind of like, okay, this is a crisis situation. What's the next actionable thing I can do? Okay, what's after that, right? So you sort of, I don't know, I get in this weird mode where I'm like, the, the whole... I get lost over the small things. Somebody left a paper clip where they weren't supposed to. Um, <laughs> they forgot to clean up here or do it, right? And those all just melt away. So all that stupid stuff that I usually focus way too much attention goes away. And now I have something that I can focus on that is more important than like, you know, this is unfortunately life or death in this particular case, both, you know, human and sense of the business too. So it makes a lot of the, the side things go away and the little things that, queue every day are gone and now you're just concentrating on this particular thing which is beneficial but the fact that i can still carry on in some capacity at work helps right mm-hmm. and situation so so to remind people you are in las vegas right now right. so we're in nevada which is uh is still in a state of lockdown um it's a little more liberal than some of the other places and we talk about that a little bit more but i'm gonna finish up with me probably my only con- cause of concern my family is still in italy a lot of them are still there uh, i have a lot of friends there um my sister my brother-in-law my nephew uh, my mom, are, we're all in the original lockdown zone, the northern part. Like, southern tip of it, but pretty much they got locked out first. Um, and, uh, you know, I have a lot of friends in Rome and stuff like that, but the entire country right now is... is, is I have an on-the-ground view of it, and it's, it's some scary stuff and some weird life goes on in a way, right? I mean, it does. That they just... These, these, I mean... They're basically not allowing pe- more than X amount of people in uh, in a grocery store. So you have to wait outside in line and you have to wait. When a person comes out, they let another person in. You can't go to the grocery store more than one person in a car. If they have two people in a car, you can be fine. So it's all these weird little adjustments that I'm it's alien to me because we're not having that here yet of any sort. Um, and it's also kind of strange to hear some things from my mother where she's like, yeah, they have a line. But everybody congregates outside the line and just starts talking and, you know, so it's like that six feet isn't working in the line. Yeah, it kind of undoes the whole uh, you know, social distancing. Let's try not to congregate and spread this virus. It's a little bit of a twilight zone kind of situation, um, right? So I, I think I'm doing okay. I don't, you know, I, it's, it's definitely not business as usual, but we're adapting and we're doing the best we can. So uh, yeah. as far as the business... 
So the lockdown order went into effect um, middle of this month. So we're going on the second week of it, basically kind of situation. Um, when the strip shuts down, you know it's it's real, right? I mean, I took a drive on Las Vegas Boulevard. Um, it's just weird. There's cop cars parked on the side of the road. Um, there's uh, police camera setups, and that's it, right? I mean, <laughs> there's now most of the hotels are still keeping the lights on. Some of them likely shut off the lights, kind of situation. But mm-hmm. it's just strange to be traveling down Las Vegas Boulevard, where normally you don't want to be there because it's like stop and go, stop and go, yeah. park yeah. kind of situation, right? Uh, where now I'm just cruising it up and down without a problem. It's just it's strange, but. Uh, so yeah, we're the whole ghost town effect is kind of strange. Yeah. So as far as our lockdown is concerned, we're allowed to do curbside. Um, being on the second floor, that's a little bit of a really kind of weird setup because we've been lowering things to people down in the basket, bringing it back up, sanitizing it, and lowering <laughs> it. It's the old world, right? I mean, we're, we're we got the job done. Yeah. Um, so that's how curbsides have been going. They started off really strong. They've petered out. Um, now, if it was just curbside, I would say probably let's shut down the store entirely because there's been days where it's been less than $100 and it's not even worth having staff. Um, it's not even worth my time, to be honest with you, unless I'm really bored and I want to vacuum or something to be in here. Um, but it started really strong and we, we get these weird spurts of like some busy days with that and some, some days are not. We've also offered curbside. Um, limited at home delivery, meaning that I'm putting myself in my car and putting mm-hmm. packages in my car and driving. Um, the legalities of doing a delivery service are, are kind of complex and what's covered by your insurance workman's comp, what's not, what does your car insurance covers? It's much easier when it's just me. Um, um, sure. But so far I've had zero takers. Nobody's taken us up on that offer kind of situation. Most people are doing the curbside and then the really thing that's going well for us is the online ordering. Um, but that's something that we started back in 96. It's something we built up over the years. So really that's there. We're definitely seeing an increase in business um, there. And I would imagine it's because we can talk about this a little bit later, but there's some things that have changed. Like FBI stopped taking shipments in uh, of non-essential goods. So that pipeline that, publishers, other retailers um, had to send product there and just let them handle it is gone right now. So uh, that's definitely creating more um, business our way because it's like the, the fulfilled by merchant has not stopped, right? So as, as that source dries up, now we have inventory and people are buying from us kind of situation. So, or, and it can also be people are not leaving their house and they're bored and they want more board games or whatever to be able to play with their family. So. You know, um, sure. but it's really, to be clear, last year, uh, my online division was about 25% of my sales, right? So it is not the end all solution. It's great, but my primary source of revenue is still your, the, the brick and mortar store. So right now for this month, uh, 45% of my sales were online, but that's because, you know, of what the situation we're in. We had two yeah. quote unquote normal weeks and then lockdown. So. We'll see where it goes, but uh, trying to set up a, an online store right now would be, I don't know. I know people are doing it and they're asking me for advice, but it's something that takes time. It's not going to be an immediate result kind of thing. So. Yes, it definitely takes a while to start building up that traffic, building up the reputation, you know, yeah. just the, the knowledge that you have something out there that people can buy from. 
but so now is a good time to do it. Now's a good yeah, time to do it. I mean, it. I, 10 years ago was a good time to do it. I'm always telling people, I'm not saying you need to sell, I'm saying we should have an online presence that showcases your product, right? You really need to have that. People are finding product that way. You, you need to have a way to expose your stuff um, apart from your brick and mortar store, right? Kind of situation. I mean, furniture stores do it. And if they, they're some of the largest like uh, holders of real estate, right? As far as the, the actual renting of, of, they have gigantic locations. They still have a strong online presence because that's how the acquisition happens. Um, anyway, but um, other than that, we've cut down on staff a lot. Uh, so that we're trying to keep, we have two point of sale stations. They are 12 feet apart. <laughs> so I'm like, no, this is your station. Don't use that. We're keeping separate handsets. We're sanitizing left and right, right? Um, and reusing staff been a bit of a problem because the online business takes longer to process all this stuff and put it in the bag and all this stuff. But I'm operating reduced staff. So even I had to send a customer 31 pictures of our blue metal dice that had shades of blue in it because he wanted to buy one. And I literally had the personal shop, all these, take pictures and send them to them over Facebook. So everything takes a lot longer and I'm operating with less staff. But assuming nothing goes crazy, landlords cooperating, bills being what they are, we can survive for several months, if not up to a year, with the current reduction in um, income and reduction of expenses. But who knows? Scales can tip one way or the other, so. Yeah, the situation is changing on the regular, right? So every day it's a little bit different. Yeah. For all that we know, the governor might decide to go, I'm sorry, you guys can't even do curbside anymore or mail order. Yeah. Okay, you got to stay at home. That can change tomorrow. Oh, hopefully that's not the case. I hope so. We'll see. Yeah. So the, 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 the gist of what we're going to talk about tonight, beyond, uh, you know, just how's it going, is, uh, is we're, we're hoping to talk about some potential resources that are out there that are available for game store owners that they can uh, take advantage of in this difficult time. Uh, things like the, uh, the federal loan programs and stuff like that that are being made available to small business owners. Things that could hopefully you know, help them keep the doors open if they're in that kind of a situation where they are, like you said before, they're, uh, they're going you know, week to week, month to month, just kind of getting by. like you know, the vast majority of people in North America just getting by. If you're in that situation, you're probably, you know, sweating bullets right now. Or maybe you've already thrown in the towel, depending on uh, what era, area you live in. Yeah, it also depends if they're, like, there are stores that focus more on selling products, stores that focus more on organized play. And if you're, if you're in that organized play model, you're definitely going to get hit much harder right now by this, right? Because <laughs> even if you're... There's some states that are allowing you to have customers in the store, but they can't have more than 10 people or there's no yeah. events, just shopping. So. Yeah, so yeah, everyone's at a different point in this pandemic, right? Like uh, I, I, I remember seeing somebody saying about how, you know, Italy being like the number one uh, epicenter at the moment, was somewhere like three to four weeks ahead of other various parts of the world. And it's just a matter of, you know, they're just a little bit ahead of us in the timeline. But individual states are along the same lines. Like obviously New York and California are, are two of the heavily hit, they're, they're, they're suffering the most at the moment, but you know, not, it's not to say that other states won't uh, gradually follow a similar trajectory. So wherever you are right now, you know, we have to, uh, 
you kind of have to adapt your strategy for what your what your possibilities are, right? What you're allowed to do, what, you know, uh, we're not going to advocate anyone to break the law and <laughs> deliver stuff if it's going to, you know, cost you a uh, few months in jail or a heavy fine, if that's the case. Well, and yeah, I mean, I don't know if we want to talk about this a little bit later, but um, it might not be even a choice that's left to you. Um, what's happening is a lot of our suppliers are shutting down. Um, Alliance closed up. Uh, GTS just, is it GTS or something just got, hang on. Uh, sorry, literally just came in one hour ago. Um, sorry, it was golden. Um, they decided to shut down entirely. Um, they were doing limited operations. Um, all the new releases for most of the publishers have been pushed back. Um, Wizards of Coast Icoria is now May 15th. Uh, WizKids is not doing anything until June. It's What's happening is the supply of product, even if you want to stay open, may be compromised. You might not be able to get what you want. So, uh, yeah, it might not be a choice that's left to you. Yes. Yeah. I think the, the key lesson is probably going to be if you want to survive, you need to adapt. And that might mean changing drastically what you do or how you do things. Like, like you said, if you're an organized play store, if that's your, your bread and butter, if that's your main way of drawing in customers, clearly that's not going to work anymore. That might not work for the next 12 months. That might, who knows what the future holds in that regard, right? You might have to completely change the way that you approach your business and the model that you, you sell your products. You might have to adapt and, and pick an entirely new strategy if you know things continue in the way that they uh, they seemingly will. Well, and one of the proposed one of the things that people are speculating on right now is that it's possible that we're going to be allowed to reopen, but without um, public congregations, right? So you can't have more than X amount of people in the store or whatever. And if that happens, you can still operate as a store, but again, there's no Friday night magic. There is no you know all these things kind of get pushed to the side. So. Yeah, so without organized play, uh, a game store is basically just a retail operation, right? So you have to really, really hearken to the, uh, the stuff that makes retail work, right? You can't rely on the, uh, the, event, or, or the, event, uh, the event model to really draw in customers anymore. It's really just a solid sales process and good merchandising and good advertising and all the usual fundamentals of what makes uh, you know, an ad a typical retail operation tick. Uh, but that means that, again, you have to adapt. There's probably people who are like, ah, I've, I've built my business on Friday Night Magic, right? Like it's my, the, one of the pillars holding up this tent. What if that's gone? You'll have to figure out a way to, to, to approach things differently. Like there's still ways to bring in customers, especially if you do, if the doors do open and you're, you're allowed to bring some people in, it's just you're gonna have to approach things differently. But, in the meantime, right now, there, even if the suppliers are drying up in some sense, uh, there are a number of publishers who are trying to help, right? Like there are a lot of people who are trying to come together to, I don't want to say save local game stores, but it's kind of the, kind of the, the pitch, right? Well, I don't know if it's a matter. I think there's a lot of publishers. Uh, I mean, this industry is built on three tiers for a reason, and we all kind of rely on each other. The, the people that get that um and don't get me wrong there'll be some publishers that think that our time has passed there'll be some retailers that think you know we don't need distribution or whatever not i mean these are 
personal opinions. I'm not going to in the middle of those. But the reality is things work best for us when we have this three-tier system, right? We're pushing games. We're promoting games. Publishers keep making great games. Distributors keep supplying us with the products. When that works like a well-oiled machine, that's the best efficiency um, kind of situation. And anything that sort of tries to go outside of that usually finds problems left and right. But um, So it's not even so much a matter of save the game store. It's let's try to save this industry because that we need those three parts to work together. So. Yes, that's a good way of clarifying it. That's, that is what I meant. Didn't say it properly. But uh, yeah, basically if the game stores, you know, if that layer of the machine fades away, if they close down, if they just don't, if they do not survive as a whole, you know, over the next three to six months, then publishers and distributors are not going to survive either. Or at least they're going to completely change their business model, right? They're, they're, they're going to have to adapt or die the same way. But uh, yeah, they're all kind of the the three points supporting each other and they need each one to work or else they all fall down. But that being said, there are uh, some programs that some store owners can uh, some take part in things that uh, I, I'm quite impressed by. And I, I do like the, uh, the effect, not that it's a positive uh, circumstance, but I do like the effect that an emergency brings out in people and they suddenly choose to do all these great things for stores that they probably could have done long, long time ago. Uh, yeah, well, nothing brings out the best in people the, like a crisis sometimes, right? I mean, World War II. And the worst. Uh, and the worst. 9-11. Yeah, and the yeah. worst. But let's focus on the positives. But yes, yeah, so I, I hear yeah. oh. But, uh, yeah, like one of them that I have seen is the uh, the affiliate programs. So essentially they're, they're offering uh, uh, codes either that the person can use to buy the product on the publisher's website, and then they'll credit the, their local game store in some regard or something along those lines. Uh, that seems like a really good... Uh, it's a good initiative. It seems like it's probably a little hard to communicate at this point because people are kind of... Yeah, they're not doing too bad with it. A lot of, you know, it, the information is coming through. The question is, uh, are retailers getting it and able to get it out to their customers in an efficient manner, right? That's kind of what we're struggling a little bit right, right now. I mean, there's a lot of it <laughs> and you got to go set up the... With some of them, you have to go set up an affiliate link or get a code, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. It's fine. Or you have to rely on the customer to put in the store owners or the store in the memo or whatever when they're making the purchase on the person's uh, right. website. And that can be like, oh, who knows if that's going to happen. From my standpoint, seeing how we're doing curbside, we're doing um, deliveries, we're doing mail order, I always try to stress, you check with me first because while I appreciate and I don't want to diminish what the publisher is doing, I make the maximum potential uh, return on investment when you buy it from me. Yeah, of course. A lot of these distributors, a lot, I'm sorry, a lot of these publishers are being very generous. They're literally giving me half of what they would make from the sale, which is basically our standard markup kind of situation, right? So I'm making full product without even having product here kind of situation. But once you start involving shipping and all that good stuff, it cuts into margins one way or the other. Mm -hmm. So always check with your local game store if they can deliver, if they can curbside, if they're open or whatever the case may be, before you use these affiliate programs because they're great. Uh, and you should definitely use them when the store doesn't have the inventory or they can't operate because it, it will help. Yeah, like I think that probably makes the most sense for stores that are completely shut down. Like the, for whatever reason, they're in, in an area that they can't uh, do any sort of delivery. They can't open the doors. They can't have any customers at all. In that regard, that's a great way to do it. And like Wizards is one of the ones that's uh, frontlining this kind of thing, right? With their FNM at home and the Magic Fest in a Box and stuff like that. Uh, the trouble that I'm seeing 
in regard to this is just the communication part, right? It's just getting the knowledge of this, these programs out to the customers, right? So uh, what it's should also difficult what should to break, do? It's also difficult to break habits. I have customers that rely on me as a source of information and parsing goods and all that good stuff. When I have to say, you need to go to this website and you need, there's, I've literally had customers go, can you just order for me and I'll pick it up from you? <laughs> sort of defeating the purpose. But yes, I, it's difficult to break that habit of John will take care of it. You know what I mean? Sure. I trust John with my money. I don't trust Joe with my money, you know? So yeah, it's, 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 it's a learning experience, but definitely as a retailer, you should look into these programs. Um, are you going to put them in the notes or you want to, well, anyways, long story short, sure, there there's a, a, lot of a couple of documents in the notes that'll compile the, uh, the potential publishers that you can contact or reach out to or for a code or uh, the various programs that are available. We've got uh, a few, we've got two resources for, for stoners, uh, both put out by Gamma in some way, shape or form. And uh, one of them is a, living document constantly updated because things are always changing there's always uh, new stuff coming out so that'll be in the show notes in the links for this episode uh, i'll probably also throw them around facebook and stuff to try and get the stuff uh, as far out as possible so and the other thing that to keep in mind with the affiliate program it solves another problem when you're starting to lose this middle tier that we talk about with distribution and why i say three tiers are important mm -hmm. you have a problem that product may be somewhere but you need it somewhere else. And the affiliate problem can help you because the distributor is sitting with it in his garage, in his warehouse, whatever, wherever it may be, he's got no way to get it to me, even though I might be open running, unless he, he's, because there's also been a number of uh, publishers that have offered direct to retail programs. It will work for some of them, it won't for, for others. If I only sell one or two copies of a particular game from a publisher, I'm probably not gonna order enough from him to, to justify direct shipment. That makes sense. Yeah, uh, it's it, so an affiliate program can fill that gap where you're like, well, you know, I, I don't carry this product, but hey, somebody wants it, and we can get a percentage of that sale. That's great. So, yeah, it's just yeah. a matter of redirecting the, the the purchase in the right way. So there's also uh, several programs, several uh, you know loan programs that are being made made available. Uh, is there any that you want to mention specifically for? Stoners? Yeah, there's the SBA ones. Um, the Small Business Administrations are the big kind of talk right now because of um, the uh, the relief bill that went into effect this past weekend kind of situation. Or well, I think it was the past week, and there were some more things that got finalized this weekend. But before, so before we get to the SBA stuff, I, I think it should be worth mentioning. The first thing I did before this was a lockdown and when things started kind of get crazy in Italy and stuff like that, I think it's important for you as a, as a store owner to reach out to everybody you do business with. You need to talk to your landlord and figure out, hey, this is the situation. I, I run a store that holds events and I'm prohibited from doing events. I run a store to sell stuff and now I have to lock my doors, right? I mean, I have to invent a whole new online store. Whatever your situation is, I would talk to your landlord and find out what they can do for you. I've seen everything from rent abatement, like literally the landlord said, don't worry about it. Um, you know what? We won't charge you for as long as this is happening and we'll just extend the lease by X amount. So if you're shut down for two months, we'll just extend the lease for two months. I'll still get my money. That's great. 
and all landlords are going to be like that. So don't get too hopeful. Yeah, but someone got you, a mortgage payment to back. Right. If you reach out to them now, what, what here in Nevada by the governor basically Sunday. So two days ago, they put a moratorium on evictions. Um, what's unclear on that. Fine. Great. I don't pay rent. Um, what happens when they say reopen up the stores? Do I have six months rent due today with six months, um, late fees and penalties and interest, right? So there's it's still a lot of limbo, don't count on it, but talk to your landlord. If you have credit cards that you use to purchase goods or services with for your business, talk to them. A lot of them are offering deferral programs or the waiving interest fees, right? But you gotta talk to them. You gotta initiate a conversation, go, this is my situation, what can be done? Um, yeah. Your suppliers, if you're on net 40 or stuff like that, they might not even be open. A lot of them are closed, but they're still keeping an accounting office open because they can um, work remotely from home. Um, so find out what they can do for you. I think at the bottom line for everybody, the, the their best interest relies on keeping you in business so they can get more money from you later on. Nobody wants to shut you down, to be honest with you. No. Keeping your business means longer term returns versus what they can get from you now. But that would be my, the first thing I would do. And that's, we started doing that literally right after we got back from Gamma Expo in March, because it was like, okay, time to send on some letters and figure out where you are. You're going to get mixed results. Some of them are great. Some of them not so great, but it doesn't take a lot of time to write an email to somebody and go, this is my situation. What can you do? What can we work together to do? So that's the first thing I would do. Now, the SBA stuff, there's three main things that are I'm pursuing as a business owner. Um, the first one, there's this uh, disaster relief um, fund that basically has been allotted to cover a lot of this stuff. There's a very simplified and streamlined application process. It starts by some things that are basically uh, disqualifiers, right? If you have more than 500 employees, mm. um, Anyways, there's, there's, there's some disqualifiers that are off the bat. Once you apply there, they're going to get back to you. And that seems to be a fast track to get a lot of these programs. The only thing I would say about that is with those particular programs, keep in mind that the way it works is usually, um, if I understand this correctly, I'm going to keep saying this. I'm not a CPA. I'm not a tax guy. I'm not a lawyer. Always check with your local experts on this stuff. If you have a CPA, talk to them. If you have a lawyer, talk to them. Um, Loans over 25000 under that program have to be backed by personal guarantees. So you're potentially exposing your personal property. So you're gambling your store, but then you're gambling your store with your, your, your assets that are your homes. Your life. I'm not interested in that kind of situation. So my application for that would be minimal. I want to keep it under that 25,000 threshold just so for my expenses. The good news is I think the, the interest rates were like three to 4%. So they're fairly low. Um, they're 10 year, 20 year, 30 year programs. So you can spread this out and hopefully be okay with it. The other one that probably people should really look like, uh, look at and this just literally, I think, was this weekend is when they finalized this thing. So the bank, my banker is telling me they should have all the information by Friday. And you can do this all by yourself if you have a working relationship with a banker. Um, I'm lucky that my banker is a customer that's been with me for 11 years. So I kinda, it, it works out great. It's a great synergy between me and him. Um, 
But if you have somebody that you trust, like at the bank, so, these, this, so the SBA, the disaster relief one, you have to do on their website, on the SBA website. But these other two that I'm going to talk about, you can actually go through your banker of choice. So wherever bank you bank, when you already have a relationship working, they can help you through the process. But this payroll protection plan, basically, it's a loan for up to two and a half times your average monthly payroll for the last 12 months. And it's meant to cover uh, things like um, your payroll expenses, rent, I think, and I think that's about it, or any expenses incurred in taking care of your employees and keeping them employed. My understanding of it right now is if you keep your employees on a steady payroll for eight weeks, there's provisions for potentially forgiving that loan down the line. So the caveat is okay. for all those people that are sole proprietors and have no employees, they just have volunteers, that's not gonna work very well. Right. That makes you gotta it's you're, you're gonna get a loan that's based on your payroll expenses. If you don't have payroll expenses, that loan is not no loan. Yeah. Two and a half times of zero is still zero, unfortunately. Um and the last one is actually some, as far as the three that I'm primarily looking at is seven A loans from the Small Business Administration. This has nothing to do really with the disaster relief fund or anything like that. It's stuff that was already in place. Yep. There are some things with that that um, you got to have a decent credit score and you know it's based on your income of the store. But what I really like about them is there you can do. I forgot what the two million up to two million dollars. Not that I would recommend getting in, in that kind of debt. Um, don't open up the next, um, I don't know, Mox Boarding House on 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 this loan. But um, <laughs> yeah, maybe the nice now. Those is, yeah, it's they're not backed by personal assets, right? So I mean, you can you can do this, and they are again um, programs that have an, a 10, 20, 30 year uh, term. So you can. You can do something that's affordable to you if you come out of this and are still operating and can pay it off kind of situation. Mm -hmm. For me, the biggest thing is that they're not, I'm not, I'm gambling my store's assets and that's it. Yeah. I'm not touching my home. I'm not touching Limited my liability. Correct. Yes. And that's, that's pretty important for me. So those are the three main ones I'm looking at right now as far as the, the SBA stuff. But again, a lot of that program is pretty new and they keep coming out with things for it. So keep an eye on it. I'm sure that link that you're going to put in there is it, that's the living document. It gets updated regularly. So. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. The, the, the details are going to change week right. to week as we go along. And also this is just the first of who knows how much money they're going to start dumping on the economy to try and keep things rolling. Right. So. Right. Lots of things will be changing. I've also you know, we've, you've, you've talked about how you don't necessarily want to uh, gamble your personal assets on these things, but I have seen uh, some store owners talk about, uh, you know, if you, if you can, you know, leverage your house, you, they, they'll add a little bit more to their mortgage, re get a refinance or something and take a little yeah. bit of their equity out. Uh, you know, the uh, housing market, most all uh, for most of North America has been, uh, you know, pretty on the rise for the last like 10 years. So chances are, if you, if you own your home, you probably got a good amount of equity and that's not necessarily the worst way to do it. Text message. No problem. But uh, yeah. So another, another potential option for somebody who absolutely requires some, some help over the, uh, the next few months. 
it's funny that you said that uh, you know the best time to start doing your online store was like 10 years ago but the uh, next best time is now it's kind of the same thing with saving some money for situations just like this it'll be great yeah. And, and there's been a number of initiatives from a lot of companies, like uh, we just switched our credit card processor from Bank of America to Square um, earlier, late last year. Um, yeah. Um, and they have, if you're on Square, they have they offer an online store and it's fairly easy to, to set up and all, and all that. With anything, it takes time to populate it, depending how you're gonna do it. If you're lucky enough that you're using Square to begin with to hold your inventory, it's literally a push of a button that generates it and now you have it. If you're using a different point of sale system, well, that, how they're gonna talk to each other, that may become troublesome. The biggest trouble usually for an online store is keeping inventory synchronized, right? Because like, if you're like us, you have a variety of selling channels and they all have to stay in sync. If I sell something on eBay or Amazon, um, I have to take it off inventory on all those portals, otherwise I get oversells. Um, it's a little bit easier to do now because I don't have a brick and mortar store that's running on, you know, 12 cylinders. <laughs> um, so it's just online for the most part. Um, but um, so, so Square has a resource that does that. Even if you're not going to set up a full online store, one of the things that people have been doing right now is they've been selling gift cards. And you can have a variety of channels that do that. Square has just created a directory of local businesses that sell gift cards. So what that is, is I don't know how to define it. Other than maybe it's like it's your customers investing in your future. They're buying a $100 gift card from you right now because you're closed and you can't sell them anything. And they're going to spend $100 for you when you come back in. Just keep in mind that that is... A liability in other words you owe somebody a hundred dollars worth of product when you reopen up your doors those are gonna come in right so yeah they're gonna <laughs> want their their gift cards worth worth the value out of you yeah so so keep that in mind and that is actually one of my my greatest concerns right now is the longer this goes on the more depleted the resources of the more store are going to be and then what's on the other side and that's Something I think people should start prepping for right now and thinking about, okay, so this is, I survived two months of being closed, a month. Let's hope it's not the 18 months that somebody keeps saying in Britain and the 18 months, I don't know that many businesses that can survive being closed down for 18 months. But anyway, um, so on the other side of this now is if we talk about publishers that push back all the release dates. Um, Wizards of Coast pushed back Icoria, uh, WizKids pushed the new releases for April indefinitely. Uh, Asmodee has a tentative date. What did I say for Asmodee? Uh, I think it's May 5th that they were talking about. But all of this, GW shut down. GW isn't selling through their online store, isn't selling to stores, right? So um, the catch with this will be that this is all stuff that was in the pipeline and eventually is there. So now you're going to be faced with this huge influx of product. And I, I'm hoping, I'm begging all the publishers, stagger your releases. Do not get and go, hey, we got three months worth of stuff here. What do you want? Kind of situation. Because I think stores would be faced with a really, really horrible choices of what product to bring in. And a lot of products wouldn't have a chance to really develop their full potential because they're, it's like, Nobody wants to release a movie when Star Wars releases, right? I mean, that weekend you stay away from it, right? And you don't want to do the same thing with product. But I also understand as a publisher, you go, well, hang on. 
I got all this stuff. I don't care that Magic is releasing. I don't care that the next X-Wing um, third edition is releasing. Uh, that's just a rumor. I'm not saying it's happening. But you get what I'm getting at? Every, every publisher is going to try to buy for that spotlight of your wallet and what's left of it in the situation. So hopefully they, they stagger these releases out. But that is something you need to start getting ready for. If you have to make choices, what products are you going to invest in when you get back in with whatever money you have left? Because that's what you're really looking at, right? Yes, that is definitely a risk if things prolong, if shops are, are shut down for an extended period of time and they are gradually becoming tapped out, right? Like there's, even with all the loans, every, all the support, there will still be a date where you will have to call it. You know, they just, you, you won't be able to reopen the doors because you won't have enough money, you won't have enough stock, you won't be able to function properly. Like there will be... <sighs> I don't know what the, the the right analogy is you know it's 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 like when there's a patient who's dying you know, at some point the doctor says we can't keep performing CPR because the patient has been dead for 20 minutes and we're not sure. doing anything the, the patient's dead so if this lasts for 4 months 5 months 6 months how many businesses are still going to be you know in a position where they will have the money to buy all this product that is going to be, you know, all these publishers are going to be sitting here being like, we can't sell anything. You need to get these products out or else they're going to close, right? They're going to run out of funds too, because everyone's relying on each other. They all need revenue and it's all going to come out at once. Once things kind of like step back up or once things uh, turn back on. So it's a real tricky situation. Like, uh, I know we kind of wanted to go into this with, uh, optimism and and like well, oh there's potential let's do something let's you know take action be proactive but there's there's definitely there's definitely but i think that's part of the action planning for that under sure understanding that if if a push comes be realistic about how much funds you have and where to edge your bet maybe you know like i stopped looking at kickstarters right now i mean I, there's still companies launching kickstarters but i'm not interested in something that's going to give me a return on investment six months nine months a year down the line right now yeah it, you know um, to be fair to a lot of Kickstarter companies, like Simon just said, look, just tell us what you want and you'll pay us when we get closer to the delivery date, right? They haven't taken any money down. Um, it, it's, again, the optimism here comes from how everybody is rallying behind this and really trying to do their best. Um, and I wish I could be more optimistic. Realistically speaking, I don't know. We're in week two of my lockdown. I don't know what I'm going to tell you in months one, two, or three of a potential lockdown, right? Yeah, so um, early days. Yeah, uh, but the amount, of, the outpouring of support from customers, <laughs> also customers that don't get it, but I miss coming down, John. I, I miss your smiley face too. I'll <laughs> wave at you from the balcony. That's about the best I can do, buddy. Or we can video chat, you know what I mean? So yeah, um, it's, the community is strong and they stay strong. Um, we've started doing that FNM, um, from home, mm -hmm. honestly, I don't, it was colossal pain in the rear, the, the issue out the codes and stuff like that, but it's gotten me off my butt and I've set up a store discard server. And now we're looking at it doing a D&D in-store session, even if it just means that my employee can from home participate in a game night, hey, something good came out of it, right? So yeah. I'll take it. And this discord server will hopefully serve me way further down the line after this crisis has passed and I have something set up that I can use in the future. Sucks at the catalyst. Customers. 
yeah, yeah. So you know, it's there, there's good in everything. It's hard to find sometimes. I get it, but you know, I mean, doom and gloom is its own self fulfilling prophecy. You got to keep going. So yes, I definitely agree with that. I'm not trying to to, to scare people. It's just it's good to know when to fold them at some point. Yeah. Oh, uh, speaking of looking to the future, do we want to talk about for a minute about so? Everybody, not store owners, everybody is supposed to get a $1,200 check from the U.S. government as, a, as part of the relief efforts. Um, and that starting to roll out, I believe, should be here soon. Um, I just want to put a, a little... Weeks, couple of weeks yeah, is what I heard. Let, let's talk about planning for the future. That is a deferment of your taxes for 2021. So it's not a freebie. They're going to want that money back eventually next year. So does that make sense? I mean, if you if if you count on a refund next year, you might not see a refund because you owe them twelve hundred dollars out of that refund. And I don't know if they're gonna collect it all at once, spread it over five years. Just keep in mind, it's something to keep you going for now. And for a lot of game store owners, twelve hundred dollars isn't it's not really yeah, that's not much. gonna, not gonna yeah. do much for you in the overall scheme no. of things. But it was just talking to some customers that are like, oh, you know, when I get to $1,200, I'll come and buy gift certificates. I'm like, how about this? Hold on to that money because that's not what you want to do with it because you might owe it back anyways kind of situation. We'll see what to do with it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely a tricky situation, right? So I totally understand why, you know, business owners would want to sell gift cards and sell their products. But at the same time, I also understand, you know, maybe you want your customers to keep that money because you don't know what their life's going to look like in two, three months, right? Like, I've, I'm sure we've all had a lot of conversations, like with our friends, family, about like what's going to happen and what's what's going on. And uh, my perspective is that like we're just getting into this, right? Even globally, we're just kind of like getting started with this whole thing. We don't know what it's going to be like in the next month or so, but. Up until this point, we've just been riding the momentum of what's been happening before, right? Mm-hmm. Wars still had stock. Everything was still in place. Warehouses were still mostly full. But what's going to happen when, you know, supply chains really start to feel, feel the pinch, right? Like, uh, we, we, I don't know if you mentioned it before or during the, <laughs> the, uh, the podcast, but you, you were talking about, uh, you know, Amazon shutting down fba right like they just said we're not taking any more shipments uh they well they're taking they, they're prioritizing essential medical right know, medical consumer goods paper, like yeah consumer goods but that, that means that there are like thousands of businesses that were relying on that infrastructure right they're just gone they don't have anything right there's nothing for them there's no shipping no distribution at all for them and they don't know when that's coming back right so, so uh, kind of uh april 5th they put as a, as a, we're going to get back. However, they have started asking me for certain products. And to be clear, mm-hmm. I don't sell essential goods in this store. <laughs> I sell a luxury item. I, I want to shout out to people that understand the meaning of it. You can consider this an essential good in the sense that it's essential to somebody's uh, well-being, psychological, et cetera, et cetera, some comfort, et cetera. But it's sure. not exactly on that hierarchy of needs, not quite at the top of the pyramid so um i want to acknowledge that but but they have started asking me for restocks on certain items that they're seeing a surge in demand for uh for whatever reason board games and etc etc so it's starting to happen okay well that's some positive positive news at least that that, that something like that's coming back but there is 
there's a, a large amount of momentum in the system that will start to peter out over the next few months. And, you know, like the, the thing that I saw when I saw the big push for people to buy gift cards, like, I, I think it's a great idea. You know, buy a gift card. It's, it's money that's in the store's pocket to help them ride out this potential storm, right? But they're also taking a big risk on you as the, the customer, right? Like what happens if, you know, you just, if, if they buy all these gift cards and, you know, you, you don't ride out the storm, right? What happens right. if you run out of funds and that's that for your business and they're kind of out of all that money that they probably should have been allocating towards food or medicine or whatever else, right? So it's, just, I know there's a lot of, uh, there are a lot of store owners who are a little torn on the operational side of things, right? That they want to go out and they want to maintain their business, but they know that there is uh, the risk, right? Of spreading the disease of, you know, maybe you're, you get infected, you don't know, this thing has like a 14 day incubation period, apparently. You can walk around feeling great and shaking hands or, you know, accidentally uh, rubbing it off on the board game as you pass it along to the person at your curbside pickup or your at home delivery or whatever. Like the, the potential is there. I see that there is a lot of people who are who think that is an irresponsible thing to do. That you shouldn't shouldn't go out there and uh, keep your business going. You should just stay at home, wash your hands, you know, quarantine, all that, stay in place. It's a it's just a tough tough road to navigate. It's it's a balancing act, right? I mean, and I don't want to diminish um, risk loss of life, all these things are, are huge considerations. I, like initiatives like, uh, you know, um, I'm okay with you, you're stuck at home with your family, that wasn't going to change. Like you're sheltering at home with your family. You're not gonna kick Billy out to the curb, or, you know? So at the end of the day, that group is in there and if they want a board game, you know, to pass the time, that is one thing. But like saying, hey, I just got this board game from John. I'm going to invite eight of my closest friends so we can play Pandemic. That's probably a bad example because I don't think it goes to eight players. But you get what I'm getting at? Sure, yeah. There's, I struggle with that myself because I don't want to expose my employees to risk. I don't want to. But that same token, my employees want to eat. My employees are afraid of losing their apartment. There's mm-hmm. this weird balancing act. That right now, there's health concerns. There's financial concerns too for a lot of these people. If you come out of this and you you, you lost your home, you lost your your car, you can't work anymore. You, I don't know. I don't know what the, the 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 balance is, but I'm trying to find it in there. Stay open, minimize risk. Um, it's that's the challenge right now, right? Yeah, finding that uh, that middle road, that middle ground that really satisfies satisfies everything as much as we can in this current situation, and. Yeah, you can't eliminate the risk no matter what, right? There's always going to be risk no matter what your course of action. That's always going to be the case. That's life, right? And we can't completely, we can't save everybody, right? If we wanted to save everybody, no one would ever leave their house. No one would ever get in a car because, you know, cars are dangerous. You could walk out your door and get hit by a bus. Maybe you should stay home forever. You You have to live your life with the risk. You have to accept that. So I think there's, for the people who are, who are on that side of the fence who say that nobody should be going out, everyone should be quarantined, let's lock this down, uh, flatten the curve, smash the curve, whatever, you know, completely eliminate this thing and make sure that uh, nobody ever gets sick. 
I understand the point of view, but I think we also need to uh, recognize that there are risks on the other side as well. That, you know, if all, not just game stores, but if all businesses suffer for the next six to 12 months and the economy collapses because of that, then I think that will probably cause uh, as much, if not more, uh, suffering, human suffering than just, you know, the, the COVID situation. So it's, it's tricky. It's tricky. We just got to figure out a way for everyone to work together properly, try and take care of each other as best we can and try and keep things going, which is, I guess, in a, in a way, that's exactly what we're talking about. Yep. I don't know if there was a, a point to all that. It was just a bit of a, a bit of a ramble. But is there anything else that you think that store owners need to know, like right now? In uh... not, not that I can think of. Like we covered everything. I, I, and several of my retailer peers have done um, to try to kind of weather this. Um, and again, the situation is very different for every retailer. Um, I, I know stores that are completely locked out of their stores. Um, I know stores that were doing fine and then got told you have a, until 8 p.m. tonight to secure your store, and get your stuff out of there or whatever you're going to do, and then they'll come back to your store, right? So just plan as much as you can now. Don't rely on the fact that, oh, it's fine. Texas will never tell us to shut down or so-and-so mm -hmm. governor will never say shut down, right? Uh, plan for it. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully nothing happens. But the more you plan now, even if you're pulling in right now for these relief funds, for these loans, if they get accepted and you decide you don't need it, it's great. Versus like right now they're talking about a four to six weeks turnaround. Although I know people that have applied this uh, past Monday and have gotten letters, uh, emails today. So it's been about a week for some people, which is incredibly fast. Um, yeah, especially anyway. for the federal government. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. So um, keep your eye on, you know, those links that uh, Tom's going to give you because, that, again, there's always stuff coming up. And uh, plan, don't give in the panic because that's the worst thing you can do right now. And, and honestly, I don't want anybody to close down. But also think about it in this perspective. I've had people approach me saying, hey, John. I was thinking now is a good time since I lost my primary job to open up a game store, right? Which just seems like, like I, maybe you haven't been paying attention, but now is not <laughs> a great time. Um, and, I, and I've had people that have said, you know what? I just opened up my game store last year. I'm going to shut it down and see what happens in a year or six months or whatever. Now. That might be for some people the best course of action versus trying to take on more debt and, and, and do payroll and all these good stuff. I'm not saying... It sounds gloomy, but sometimes that's the best course of action. Look at all your sure. options and, and figure out what your best one is. Uh, you know, uh, it might be the best way to take care of your employees right now. Uh, the other thing we didn't mention is that um, there were some provisions um, that they're waiving. Normally, if you're sole proprietorship or like in my case, my pass-through LLC, in other words, it pays me a salary, I'm not eligible for unemployment benefits. Mm -hmm. But it looks like under this Relief Act, now there's some provisions where you could be. So I would investigate that. If you're forced to, your employees cannot work, make sure that they're filing for unemployment. That's something that they can rely on right now. You paid, you paid all this time um, for them to have this benefit. It came out of your, right? 
Yeah. There's a reason why that unemployment tax is on your payroll every every two weeks or a week or however you often do it. So now's the time to potentially use those benefits. So Yes, definitely. You have to lay off your employees, make sure that they're taken care of, get them, uh, point them in the right direction so that they can at least keep their life in order if that's, uh, if that's the case. And I know that, uh, at least in Canada, where I'm at, there is a, like we have EI, which is the employment insurance that's meant for people who are, you know, typical employees. But if you're self employed or your contract or something like that, you're not eligible. What they've introduced is to cover everything else. So it's specifically like, you know, COVID related. If for some reason you are not qualified for EI, then you can access this other fund. So it's supposed to make sure that everybody has access to something. And I'm guessing that's probably going to be true in most countries. Like not just yeah. the States, not just Canada. There's probably going to be something that's uh, made available to people. If they don't really have it in place, it looks like it's coming. Like, like they're working on it. Basically. Yeah. Sometime in the next few weeks, most likely. Uh, but uh Yes, I, I did want to, I do like your point about the hibernation. I, one of my initial thought was when this was all starting to, to come out was that uh, if the store can't, if, yours, if your store is shut down, you can't operate in any form, you've laid off your employees or it's just you, whatever the case is, uh, your best bet is to go as lean as possible, right? Like assuming you have some funds saved up and you can't operate and you're, you know, for whatever reason you can't access a loan or maybe you can uh, to basically go dormant, right? Don't try to maintain uh, a presence. Don't try and maintain operations or don't try and sell. Don't try and do anything along those lines. If it's going to cost you money and you're going to run out of funds faster because you're, you're trying to flail around and make things happen. If you can, uh, you know, if you can secure your building without having to worry about uh, keeping the lights on or, or something like that, like if you can literally board up the windows and make sure that people can't steal all your stuff, well, you're not there or put it all in a storage container and, uh, and then maybe work out a deal with your landlord where you can, uh, you know, exit the lease gracefully or something along those lines. If you feel like that's not going to be a, a viable, you know, option anymore. Maybe you can pick this thing back up. It's six to 12 months down the road, right? Maybe you can turn things back on if you save enough now and put it aside and just say, okay, let's just go into uh, some sort of a lean operation with, with, as minimal expenses as possible, you know, make things as, uh, make things last as long as you can while things are, while winter's here, <laughs> even though it just passed. Maybe since you, since you start on the boarding, we should probably just quickly mention some things. If you're forced to shut down your store, uh, boarding services are a good idea, right? Especially if you have a lot of glass in your front place. Um, I have like a checklist and maybe I can get it to you, uh, but of things that if we're forced to shut down, uh, for example, I would take my server for my point of sale system out of the store. That mm -hmm. would come with me. That's where uh, the database is. I mean, it gets back to the cloud, but I don't necessarily want that to fall into somebody's hands. Yeah, so sure. The computers would come out. If you're a heavy single store, I would recommend packing up those boys and bringing them somewhere safer than the store. If, you know, if you're talking about an extended period of time, uh, and you can't get into your store, there are some things you'll want to look at. Make sure your your alarm bill is taken care of. And if it isn't, right, make sure you can work with those people that take care of your alarm systems. Your If you have a, a web-based um, uh, service for your cameras, right, make sure that's in order, all that good stuff. So there's there's things you want to think about. If you're shutting down, don't just 
turn the key and walk away like it's a normal night. There's more things you want to yeah. plan for. If you have snacks, those attract pets. So maybe get those out of there. If you got to take a loss on, on tossing out a bunch of um, oh uh, potato chips, and that means you don't come back to rats in your store in a month, right? I mean, that might be the best way to go. So there's things to think about if you have to turn that key down for, for several weeks. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Is there anything else uh, that we forgot? I, I think that covers the majority of the things that, uh, you know, people could take advantage of think some programs that are available, some potential options. I don't think we, we uh, neglected anything. Uh, anyway, the links will all be available in the show notes. Uh, do you want to leave this episode off with a positive note, a message? Yeah, you're, you're not alone. I mean, it can feel that way sometimes. You're stuck in your house and, you know, if you're, if you're alone, alone, like, you know, you're sheltering place with, like, as a case would be for me, it's my dog and, and me. That's it, right? But you're not alone. Um, honestly, if this would have happened 20 years ago, I can't imagine what it would have been like because no Facebook, no internet, right? Uh, we're at least in a position where you can talk to other people, you can get advice, you can do research. So just remember this, you're not alone. We're all going through this together in different states, but we're probably all gonna end up about in the same boat. So the reality is um, it, it's on you to reach out and ask for help. Don't, don't try to do this by yourself. Um, as business owners, we tend to do that. I can do it better, right? But there's a lot to be learned from other retailers, um, from publishers, from organizations that have nothing to do with our industry, but you can still get something out of them. So don't be afraid to reach out. And, you know, I personally don't like social media, <laughs> Facebook, but man, it's been godsend. I mean, it's, it's good to be able to talk to other people and, and find them where, when I need them, right? Even just to say hello and realize the world is, is still alive. It's still out there. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Personally, uh, we've we spent a lot more time doing like random Facebook lives or uh, like even what we're doing right now. We're communicating on Zoom. Yep. Uh, like this is a great way to stay in touch with people, right? And like, if now is a now is a great time to buy stock in Zoom in video conferencing software. Just a you know random, random thought, not uh, not financial yep. advice, but whoo. This stuff is becoming very popular very quickly because this is like the only means of communication for most people when they're stuck in their house. But uh, I definitely agree with that. I agree with the sentiment that, uh, you know, communication is key. There's people out there who are going through the exact same things that, uh, that you are. And if you are stuck, don't be afraid to reach out, especially if you're listening to this. Feel free <laughs> to uh, send us an email or something. You know, we're here to talk. We're here to chat if you want. Uh, yeah. And then I think my closing thought is, uh, to reiterate what we talked about at the beginning, you know, we can adapt, we will overcome. If you are proactive and you, you want to beat this thing, you know, we we're going to be able to do that. It's just gotta be, don't let the fear, don't let the fear and panic, uh, take you down. But yeah. Uh, let's, I don't know, let's say goodnight to the folks. Good night. Be Good safe, luck. Guys. Yeah, yeah. Stay safe. And uh, we'll talk to everybody soon, hopefully in better circumstances, or at least with updates as to what's going on. Sounds good, Tom. You have a good night, okay? 
All right, everyone, that's it for this episode of the Maniverse Podcast. I want to thank John Coviello for joining me again and sharing what he's doing to deal with the current situation. Not only is John working overtime to keep his business running in a way that minimizes the risk of spreading the virus, he's also taking the time to help other store owners facing the exact same problems. And I appreciate him giving us his time, and I hope you do too. We've all got a long way to go before we, we see the other side of this thing. And there's a good chance that the world isn't going to look the same once we're through. This is a time where supporting one another and working together is crucial if we want the game industry and our respective communities to survive. But it's not all darkness and gloom, even though it can feel that way some days. There are things that we can do. Now is the time to be creative. Start thinking of new ways to deliver value. Uh, That can mean making home deliveries, hosting online events, or creating new content. But the bottom line is, I think this may be a huge opportunity for business owners that choose to see it that way and act. So here's how I'm responding to the current situation over at Maniverse Saga. Uh, For the past month or so, even before the COVID-19 crisis really started to make an impact, I've been working on a new website to bring together game store owners in a way that hasn't been possible before. I wanted to create a place where game store owners could gather and communicate with each other without an algorithm determining what they will see. Uh, to share their thoughts on how they're dealing with the situation, you know, to seek and offer advice, uh, and ultimately to master something interesting together, namely building better game stores. It's called the Maniverse Network, and you're invited to try it out completely free for 30 days. The Maniverse Network even comes with an app for your phone, so you can easily stay connected to your fellow game store owners and stay on top of what's happening in the industry. It's also going to be the place where you can find an updated list of all the resources available to store owners as the situation develops, as well as industry news, uh, workshops, and exclusive members-only content. Uh, My goal right now is to make the Metaverse Network as accessible to game store owners as possible, because I know that the more members in the network there are, the more valuable it will be for everyone involved. And hopefully you will consider becoming a paying member in the future. Uh, you can create your account right now and get started for free by going to maniversaga.com forward slash join. I also plan on creating more content on the podcast, the blog, and inside the network to help store owners adapt their businesses to the changing times. Let's get through this together. Stay safe out there, and I will talk to you again in the next episode of the Maniverse Podcast. <laughs>